This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Ringgit and Sense is brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance and I'm Sim Weeboon. Earlier this month, Prime Minister and Finance Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim announced that the government is mulling to allow the use of your EPF savings as collateral for emergency loans. Now, no details have been released. They're still deliberating this. But today's conversation, what we want to know is like, is this a good move? How helpful will it be? And also, what kind of impact? will it have? So joining me to discuss this is Shin Yi Ling. She's a licensed financial planner with VKA Wealth Planners. Good morning and welcome to the show, Yi Ling. Good morning, Sim. Okay, so let's start off with this, right? Using your EPF as a collateral for loans. What actually does it really mean? What will happen to your EPF? Um, let's just explain a bit what is actually collateral, yeah? Collateral is something you pledge as a security, for the repayment of a loan, which will be forfeited in the events of default, meaning that if you cannot pay your loans, your money will be taken by the lender. So it, it means that I give you something valuable for the money that you lend to me. Okay, now I will pay you over the certain period of time. If I don't pay you, then you take my uh, valuable things. Yeah. A good example would be like the pawn shop. Okay. I can bring my jewelry to the pawn shop and ask for a sub- sum of money. And if I don't pay them the interest or pay them back within a certain period of time, they will take my jewellery. Mm. Now, in the announcement by the annual, my understanding is that it's actually referring using of balance of contribution in the member's account too. Which is even less than the total, Correct. right? It's yeah. essentially not the whole amount. Mm. It's referring to account too as a form of support to apply for a personal loan from the banking system for those who need cash uh, helps. For, from a financial planning perspective, right, mm-hmm. is this a good idea? I mean, what kind of implications will this have? I think it does actually provide some leeway for people who really, really in need of cash. We do take an extra loan to help them to tie them over a very difficult period. Now, most people have EPF as a major asset. Yeah, but we cannot use it until yep. we are retired. Now, if it allows that, it's a collateral then they can use to help get this additional, just a little bit of loan to help them to tie them over the uh, difficult time. If it's from the account to a lot of Malaysians actually have very little in their EPF, right? So my question is then, even if those that want to do this, right, it's very likely that their EPF doesn't have a lot. Consider the amount of withdrawals they've given, right? How much would they even be able to borrow, right? I mean, there's no details, but maybe we can just uh, hypothesize a bit, right? Like, how much would you even be borrowed? I don't understand how would, would this be helpful in that way. Well, I think that this is actually the, the withdrawal of uh, account to is limited to a certain things, like, mm. for example, housing. Yes. Children educations, uh, medical, and hajj. Mm. Okay. But if you don't have all these criteria, you still can use it as a collateral to mm. borrow a loan. For those people who don't have all these criteria, yeah, yeah. then the, this one is something that you can help them to take out. So this is interesting, right? Because, yes, account two is for house, children, yeah. education and medical, right? And that is what I think actually those that are in need of money so the, basically, the withdrawal for the EPF account too is actually to either to repay. The, yes, you can actually have a certain uh, fixed amount drawdown mm. every month. Say, for example, 
my housing loan repayment is two thousand. Yes. And my EPF I can take out from account two to apply for a twelve month withdrawal of let's say thousand eight. So that exists already, right? That's Even already before this collateral. Already. Yeah, correct, yeah, yeah. Correct. So you already have that option. And this yeah. one is like no interest, no, it's not considered a loan. No, like no, it's just loan. taking it out yeah, of your right. account too. Which is maybe a bit better, right? Than getting a loan to for pay. For the house purpose, yeah. yes. But it only limits to the first house. Mm, ah, okay, yes, yeah. So what if I have a second one? Ah, then you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> to, think, to think about it is that it actually allows to borrow the money uh, to, to use it as collateral for the mm. personal loan, mm. which is the uh, Pinjaman Paribadi. Okay. Now, if I need a, a, a something because I need an urgent, very urgent, and I need a cash and I don't have that, I usually, in the normal circumstances, I also go for personal loan. Yeah, okay. Now, but personal loan, because it's a clean loan, which means that it doesn't have any collateral, the interest is very high. Mm-hmm. It can ranges from 8% to 20%. Yeah, that's like double your EPF dividend. Correct, yeah. correct. <laughs> so, in that sense that if they allows this, but I was hoping that the government can actually regulate a little bit on the on interest the rate. Interest yeah. rate. Yeah. You know, because this is now be- from the clean loan to come a collateralized loan, then you sh- technically you should actually uh, offer it as a lower rate. But I want to ask, is this a better alternative than directly withdrawing from your EPF like oh, in the past few years? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Why so? Okay. Now, with this method, I believe this is a more troublesome, <laughs> <laughs> yes. more difficult yes, to yes. touch the money. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Think about it. You probably will have to apply refilling up the forms mm. to the bank and bank will still ask you for the rest of the document which is your slave sleep blah, your EA form, etc. Then only they will approve it. Mm, yeah. Rather than, I think, I'm not sure, I think the last one to withdraw is this, you can just go on the website and Correct. put your name, put your IC yeah, and then you get the money. You right? just go in and approve the form and you just submit it and that's it. You okay. get your money. So it's actually more difficult, I would say. Do you think there should be a limit set to how much of a loan you can take though? Account 2 is already comprising only 30% of Mm. your contributions. With all the withdrawal available, such as your housing loan, car loan, I mean housing loan, uh, children education, I don't think, a lot of them don't really have a lot of money there. Okay. It's very interesting because I think we've not us Malaysians in general had so much conversation about EPF since we've had in the past few years. You know, mm-hmm. I think previously when you bring up EPF, it's just like oh, take to buy your first house as well. But we've not had so much conversation about how we view EPF. You know, ever since the pandemic, ever since we've allowed these withdrawals. Right? Do you think that there has been a significant change of how people view the EPF since the government has allowed people to take out the money? Um, yes, I think so. Uh, many people think that EPF is no longer a retirement. Plan, but the piggy bank. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I believe that there are a lot of people, a lot of voices against that move that time. And actually, my personally too, mm. my initial thoughts too. Yeah. However, which the such move did help a lot of people that are caught off guard by the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. A long pandemic. I think yeah. it's about twenty months. Yeah. Exactly. Almost two years. Yeah. 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 And not many people has that kind of standby cash yeah. for such a long period. Yeah. Now, I, even you follow, even you follow the um, 
say, you know, as a normal, we give you a normal mm. advice. Oh, keep six months of emergency fund. That is also not enough. Exactly. And not, not everyone has six months of emergency funds just like that. Yeah. yeah. So I think that when EPF allows people to actually withdraw from the EPF, it's actually a good move, okay, to help people to getting by the tough time. Mm. Extreme situations will require some extreme move. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, however, with the uh, economy growing and also the endemic episode, I think further EPF withdrawal shouldn't be allowed because EPF account one is actually meant for retirement and not a bank that we should actually touch on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then lastly, before we go to the break, right? So we are talking about how this EPF can be used as a collateral for your emergency loans, personal loans. But all in all, right, if it does get implemented and we have the details, right, is this something to be considered as a last measure? And if you are going to do this, right, what do you think are the criteria that someone should really have first before they really go ahead to kind of like use the EPF as a collateral for a personal loan? If we will look at the EPF, they actually have two portions. The 70% is definitely for retirement. Mm. And we actually have 30%, which actually, my understanding is actually meant for major purchases during our lifetime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like your first house, first your house, children's education, yeah. etc. Yeah. Yeah? So, putting in a personal loan, a collateral loan, as a collateral for a personal loan, I would believe this is just another way of usage. Mm, okay. Another way of usage. It is not totally bad. Now, if you ask me, it can be an option because if I using this way and I can reduce my interest, mm, okay, it will be my option versus I go straight to the bank and charge me a high interest personal loan. Yep, now, yep. of course, I'm not. I, I personally, I actually don't take me wrong. Yeah, I don't yeah. really like loans. I don't even have yep, loans on exactly. my hand. Okay? <laughs> it's just that. But you know, when you're in that situation, you, situation, it's you really need, yeah, and yeah. this can be one of the better options compared to you go to along or other means that is a uh, uh, higher interest. Yep. And if this can, as I said earlier, if the government can regulate the interest rate being charged on it, that would be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. So at least then you won't have the danger of uh, ended up with a loan. Yes, you might get fast cash, but you're going to have to pay like, what, 10% interest rate, 11% interest rates, which is one of the reasons why I think many personal finance planners always view as like personal loans might be quite bad. And it's 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 something that you really have to think about before biting the bullet, right? But yeah. okay, we, we are reaching a short ad break. So we're going to take a few minutes for some messages. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Stay tuned for Ringgit and Sense. Brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense and I'm Sim Weeboon. Today's topic is EPF, specifically the government's move to possibly allow EPF savings to become a collateral for personal and emergency loans. Um, joining me to discuss this is Shin Yiling. She's a licensed financial planner with VKA Wealth Planners. Before the break, we were she was breaking down exactly what this means, uh, how would it impact um, one's EPF money, and the several options out there on how you can uh, work out paying things with your EPF. But now I want to ask you this, right? For those people that are finding themselves in desperate times and nonetheless still having to service, you know, their multiple loans, right? As a financial planner, what's your advice for them? You know, how do they even start to approach uh, these kind of situations? I would say you actually look for solutions within ourselves first. Start to understand yourself. Take some time 
to make a full list of the loans, right? List down what are the interest rate, what the tenure, what the repayment installment amount is, and etc. Then also you make a list of your assets that you own. Thirdly, you also have to detail down on your income and expense. Now, with all this information on your hand, you actually can find some solutions. You look at all this uh, information. Let's start with your cash flow, which is your income and expense. Just think about it. Is there a way to increase your income? Now, with gig economy booming, there are a lot of platforms for you to take, make some extra bucks. Also, you can look at your hobby to make some extra money. Yep. So essentially, one of the most effective ways is to still, apart from the current job that you have, you you really need to, I mean, if you're in this situation, right, where you really need the money to pay for things, right, Correct. there is no real other way or as effective way as just figuring out how to make more money. Correct. You know, utilize your skills, uh, look for jobs that offer you um, some flexibility, you know, like you can grab, yeah, even if you are working a nine to five Monday to Friday, then with a situation like this where you have to service your loan, weekends you're gonna have to sacrifice your weekends for work because at the end of the day there really is no magic formula Correct. Yeah? you just yeah. have to work harder have to make more money right but same that is only a part of the equations mm -hmm. the other equation is actually your expenses yes. find a way to reduce the expenses do you really need the big package of broadband maybe you can lower broadband packages or even handphone you know mm -hmm. some people pay 100 ringgit for a handphone package my handphone package is only 50 something yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? So you reduce your expenses, see what is needed. And some like, you know, entertainment packages, you can actually opt to stop it for a while. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Now, then you also look at what your asset you have. Mm -hmm. Do you have any things that on your hand that actually can turn into cash? Yeah, there's this tons of these Facebook marketplaces yes. that you can go in and you can Correct. like sell, you know, Correct. and they're quite random sometimes. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. What about like, higher, bigger bills. Let's say you have a car, okay? Yeah. But your car is maybe a bit nicer than what you can afford now. Does it make sense to sell it, downgrade it, or should you just keep it on? Is that too expensive or too complicated to do? You need to actually evaluate it because most of the time, depends on how long is a car loan, yeah? Hmm. Because your car loan might be nine years and your car value might be lower than your car loan. Okay. So you, in the sense that you want to change, you still have to top up the difference. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. actually, there's a more calculation on that of that. Yeah. Now, it comes to also in the liabilities. So it's possible to talk to the bank. Mm. Negotiate with the bank for a lower rate. Or even extend, because you, after certain, you pay for the certain years in your housing loan, you actually accumulate some equity in your housing loan. Mm. Right? So you can maybe refinance it to get some extra cash. Mm, okay, okay. Okay, but this is what depends on you have to talk to the bank. Yeah, and you shouldn't be afraid to. I mean, they're ready. Right. They're ready, they're someone, ready to help yeah, you rather than uh, go into yeah, NPL. Yeah, they're, they're, they're ready someone continue paying for your loan yes. than not paying at all. Right, <laughs> exactly. But I also know that when a person in such a situation, okay, they, are, they might not be able to think or even analyze their... Um, situation objectively. Why not you just talk to a licensed financial planner? Yeah. You can go to the website like, you know, Smart Finance website to look for a financial, licensed financial planner to talk to them. Help mm -hmm. them to navigate your way out from yeah. the situations. Yeah. Now, of course, alternatively, you can always go to the AKPK and ask for the, and talk to the officer. Yes, yeah, because AKPK is also free yeah. uh, and they do help, try to help many people with this Correct. situation, right? But okay, let's move on 
and think about it this way, right? Now, because today's conversation is about EPF, right? Mm -hmm. So now, let's say, you know, great for you, you figure it out and you're crawling out of the hole that you are, things are starting to turn out well. Many people I've spoken to, um, they stress that the first priority now is if you've withdrawn or if you've used the collateral or anything, if you've touched your EPF in any way, first priority is to replenish your EPF. Putting money back into EPF is a pretty good idea, most would think. What do you think about self-contribution? You know, is, 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 is it encouraged? And like, how do you even go about it for the EPF specifically? Okay. Well, if one situation is bet, uh, better, it is definitely important for them to replenish the amount that has been drawn out. This is to, just to ensure that your retirement funds are not impacted by the pandemic over the long run. Now, for, for those who have extra cash and want to contribute more towards the retirement fund, it can do so, as you mentioned. Mm. Yeah. So the limit is about 60000 last year. Mm. And with the recent budget, they actually announced it increased to 100 k but it's a good move. However, I need to bring that to attention is that once the money are put into the EPF, you can't withdraw until you are age 55. Hmm. Yes, it's a real, real retirement fund. All right. <laughs> so, in the ways that you also have to look at your cash flow, hmm. do you have uh, upcoming events that you need to pay for? Hmm. If you, I mean, there are pros and cons. Like, you have 100 ringgit. You either keep it for yourself and you put an EPF, but if you want an EPF, you can't use it for things like, for example, you're getting married soon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, just an just, 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 just example. You're getting married and you need the money. Yep. You can't just go back and say, oh, uh, can I take back my extra contributions yeah, that exactly. I did last yeah. month? Yeah. You can't do that, right? So you really need to plan months ahead, years Correct. ahead, right, for the type of contribution you do. Like, yeah. That being said, right, it is a good option to have it if it is purely option. for retirement, right? Correct. Uh, Correct. But even that, you know, in the long term, uh, most people have agreed just EPF itself is not enough, you know, because mm -hmm. I think last year the headlines was if you want to retire next 10, 20 years in KL, in Klang Valley, you need at least at least 1 million ringgit, you know, mm -hmm. uh, compared to the numbers that I think more than 50% has less than 10,000 ringgit, right? To even achieve it, it's quite a big feat. You know, most people on average only just have a few 10, 20, 50,000, 100,000, 200,000. So what can you do now, right? Say you're 30 or 40 years old, right? Mm -hmm. And you're not taking any money out, but you've just been putting money in EPF, right? What can you do to supplement this, you know, to ensure that when you reach uh, retirement age, you have enough in your retirement fund. I noticed that you were actually talking about adequate enough yeah. savings for yeah, retirement, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But first thing Just first, for a basic living, yeah. actually. But first thing first, come back to yourself, look at yourself and understand yourself, your own situation. Think about how do you want to live your golden years? Mm. Okay. Very simple. Sim, can I ask, do you go to Nasi Lemak? Do you eat Nasi Lemak? Yes, I do. I like Nasi yeah. Lemak. Yeah. Not so, every day, though. Not it's every not day, yeah. yeah. But how much is your Nasi Lemak in the average? It ranges. Sometimes I want chicken, then it goes up to like seven, eight bucks, which is right. like quite a lot. If it's a simple, it'd be like three, four bucks sometimes. Yeah, yeah. True. Mm. But my Nasi Lemak is only two ringgit. Ah, uh, okay. You buy the smaller one. I buy and the Because I don't one, like yeah. the chicken in the morning. Uh, I don't yeah. like the heavy yeah, right? Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that Every one of us have a different lifestyle, mm. different retirement lifestyle. Yep. So you come back to the basic 101, it says you understand yourself, what do you want? Mm. All right. Now, you look at, you take stock of what you have. You know what you want when you're good on years. But you also have to take stock of what you already have. 
for example, EPF, you know, ASB or Unitrust. You take note of that. And you do a simple calculation that do you have enough for that? If you're not enough, then you have to plan to build up the thing. Okay, let me give you a very good example here, yeah? Mm. Now, assuming that I have a retirement lifestyle of 5,000. Very simple life, 5,000 retirement. So, when you retire, you need 5K every 5K month. 5K every yeah, month, yeah. okay? Mm. To survive 20 years for that, as you said, we need yeah. 1 million. Yes. Yeah. Agree? Mm -hmm. Now, if I look at what I have, actually, I estimate my EPF, by then, I'll have about 800,000. Now, that means that I need additional 200K mm. for my retirement. Now, assuming I still have 10 years to the retirement age. I need to make 200K. You need a 200K for 10 years, that is about 20,000 a year. Mm. And you break it down even smaller, it becomes 1,600 a month. Mm. Do you think it's achievable? It, actually, honestly, I think it is quite... You just need to figure out where you can squeeze yeah. it in. Yeah. You can actually start a smaller one, let's say, for example, 500 a month. Mm -hmm. But alongside with your increment and your bonuses... Add it on over the years, the 10 years, yeah, yeah. to make up the, the difference. Okay, It is not a, a, a big figure that you cannot achieve. You just have to take baby step. Mm. Start now. Yeah, because Plan it. It all goes back to the first two points, right? Which is savings and having a goal. Which Correct. is essentially, there's no other hacks. There is no secret weapon, no, no shortcut. Yeah. Save, have a plan. Okay, and with that, I think we've reached the end of our show and that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Cents. I've been speaking to Shin Yi Ling. She's a licensed financial planner with VKA Wealth Planners. Join us again next week for more discussion on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Sim Weeboon from The Morning Run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Cents is brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia, your lifetime insurance and takaful partner. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.